Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Middle Age Metalheads. I am Colin Bossler. I'm with John Harden, who is in L.A. John? Hey, yeah. All right, David Timoney there in Philadelphia, as always. Yo. And we are sans Michael Stamps, because I hear he's lost in New York City somewhere. So uh, we'll we'll trust him on that. Um, Lord knows where he ends up someday. (laughs) Yeah, depending on when you're hearing this episode, we may need someone to go post bail. So... uh... (laughs) So we got a couple of <laughs> start a, a GoFundMe. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Please, please go save Michael. Um, tonight's episode is going to focus on Megadeth. And to set the stage, pardon the pun, I just saw <laughs> Megadeth. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be here all night. I just saw Megadeth on the Metal Tour of the Year in Camden uh, last uh, Wednesday, the 15th of September. And uh, I, I, as I have been many times with Megadeth, I was impressed. I think that uh, they're a solid band, always have been a solid band. They're not in my top five, but they're definitely in my top 20. of, of oh, my Megadeth's not in your top five? No, not my top five. Dude, you were on these guys a lot, considering I, they're not in your top the top five is rarefied air they're really good that doesn't put them in the top five i'm sure you have a lot of bands you like but then it doesn't make the no no, i don't okay (laughs) so hold on (laughs) who was at this gig some band trivium who i don't like the name (laughs) well not some Um, band the band well they opened with hate breed hate breed was amazing i I don't know them as much as I should, but I feel like I've heard good things about them and I've heard a couple of their tunes and I like them, but it's one of those bands I hear about and I, and I like forget to go check out more of like on Wednesday they, when you did, they were the opening, they were like the opening, <laughs> opening act. Yes. They were the first band at six. Cause o'clock. I've never even heard a trivium. Trivium's a roadrunner band. I used to do some uh, ground work for them, you know, some street team work for them and uh-huh. uh, they're very solid. They have a huge following. They're yeah. really popular. So at the end of the show, do you get like six pieces of the pie and then whoever gets that wins? <laughs> no, you get to have enjoyed <laughs> trivia. And, and then, then who's have, up next? Hatebreed? Uh, no, Hatebreed, well, Hatebreed was, was first. First, dude. Oh, sorry. That's what, I'm, that's what I can't get to because I thought Hatebreed I've heard of. I just assumed that some band I've heard of versus some band I'd never heard well, of what would they be told first. Us at, what they told us at the show was that the opening band had to cancel because of COVID precautions. And so Lamb of God slash Megadeth reached out to them and said, we need somebody on the bill. Can you guys jump in? And of course, Hatebreed said, absolutely. We'll do whatever yeah. you guys need. So I don't know their their positions, uh, what it would have been had they been on the bill, but that's where they ended up. But yeah. the, fu- the funny thing was that they had said that they had played Camden many times, but always on the, on the stage in the parking lot, they called it. They're like, so at least tonight we get to play the main stage. So they were thrilled just to be opening the stage show. in the parking lot. That's the that's the Porta Jones. <laughs> that's that one off by the lake. It's, 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 anyway. <laughs> Um, then was Trivium and then Lamb of God was on. And I have to tell God. you, I, I really think that this tour was headlined by Lamb of God. I really do. The crowd went apeshit for Lamb of God. They owned the place. The crowd yeah. respected Megadeth and they and they enjoyed Megadeth. They went apeshit for Lamb of God. They were over the top with the energy and the crowd was absolutely eating out of their hands, singing every word, jumping up and down. You know, it was Lamb of God was really the star on Wednesday night and then Megadeth in an hour um, at the end of the night. So I was surprised how short Megadeth's set list was. I somebody like the night before they whatever city they were in. Um and I just couldn't believe the set list was like yeah. 12 songs. Yeah, that's that's all it was. Is this about an hour, maybe hour and 10 minutes or so? I was I was surprised as well. Wow. I don't know if that's because Dave just turned his birthday, I think was three or four days before that show. He turned 60. So I don't know if it's just yeah. uh, I did notice that his fingers didn't seem quite as loose and didn't seem quite as uh uh his guitar guitar playing i noticed some drop notes here and there so i don't know what that can yeah. be uh, attributed to so, but so, I, so does that only take it to five solos per song and <laughs> seven or just less notes per solo oh got it yeah. okay um, but anyway, so, tonight, so tonight's episode is, is expanding on Megadeth. And as, uh, as David pointed out, I've been a fan for a long time. I actually have been a very loyal fan for Megadeth. I haven't um, come and gone, you know, in their catalog. I always check out all their stuff. I have stayed true even when the albums weren't selling a whole lot. And I think each album has a nice gem here or there. I still think that they deliver. What I like about Megadeth compared to other bands is it's very listenable music most of the time. It's very straightforward and, and friendly. I can get on with the hooks. I can get friendly. on with the lyrics. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's got thrash 
it's got thrash embedded in it, but it's uh-huh. not it's not unreachable. It's very melodic. It's very singable. It's very you can bang your head. You can go through it. I, I just I think Dave makes music for the masses and doesn't get too crazy with with how you know the music's going to stay pretty standard. And I've always thought it was pretty approachable and enjoyable. Yeah. Again, even when they weren't selling much, um, not all albums are stellar. Some of them, again, a couple of gems, and then the rest of it, you know. But I, I think that Did, he's uh, he's didn't still you going. Did your strong. brother have a theory of like? Uh... Yes, some sort yes. of Megadeth theory. Recount that, if you would. The, the well, it's 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 when an album runs dry quickly, the album has Megadeth. So uh, <laughs> that mean, you know, <laughs> you, you pick up a new album and you put it on track one, and if by track six through ten or through eleven, you're going, oh, that album has Megadeth, or it's Megadething. It's it's gonna it's gonna end kind of flat and kind of lame. Yeah, I think, I think we sort of experienced some of that when we did the Megadeth versus Poison, like album versus album episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, right as Poison's album was hitting its stride, Megadeth was calling it a night. Right. <laughs> no, that's, that's true. Absolutely. And that's why I say not all of them are necessarily stellars. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about some of their greatest albums, but I, some of them. But I, again, I think what is what's good about them is is something you can I listen to still, and I can say this is a good track. I enjoy this track, and there's a lot of energy to them. Every time I've seen them live, they always bring again have a good show, and uh, I was still pleased on Wednesday. Not as pleased as I've been in the past, but I was still pleased. I I think that's true, at least album wise, of any band that's been around for as long as they have. They're coming up on 40 years as a band and no band bats a thousand. Jeez. Uh, you know what I mean? And and they're a band that's that's still fairly, fairly vibrant in terms of putting out releases. Like you know, they put out a new record, what, every two, three years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and some of them are good and some aren't. But I mean, I think that's true of any band that's still, you know, Metallica has slowed their output. And and they've had their their rough patches too, but I mean now it's coming on like what five years since the last Metallica record or six, like it's uh, it takes a while for those guys to put them out. So if anything, you know, uh, props to Dave for actually putting work out. You got to yeah. figure at this point, right? Like if Metallica goes on the road, you're expecting they're playing the hits. And that's like two hours worth of music. Hundred percent. Like you'd be mad. You'd be mad if they like skipped a tune. You know what I mean? Like you go to a, you go to an established band and you know they're going to play the record, right? Maybe they hit. Maybe they skip skip a couple of clunkers on the record, some of the filler. But if they play their whole new record, and that's the first, I don't know, thirty minutes, forty minutes of a show. The next 30, 40 minutes of the show is the hits from Metallica. Man, it's like if they skipped one of their hits, I'd be so pissed. <laughs> i left my house and you didn't play this song yeah maiden does that sometimes we talked Uh about that you know maiden does every other tour so when they have a new album they do a tour that supports that album and they play almost the entire album on book of souls i think they only played uh, they only lost two songs from the record and then they they play some hits afterwards but that you know when they do that tour they forsake a lot of their catalog to do that. And, um, I, you know, I think some of their fans like it and some not. People know which tour to go to with them. Colin, what was Megadeth's set list like? Was it was it the hits? Did they lean into the new work at all? They did a, a couple from Dystopia because uh, that's their Grammy winning uh, effort. So but they have gonna... a brand new record, right? They do. I'll be honest. I have not listened to it yet. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's out yet. That's, <laughs> that's the album that, you know, when, when Dave Ellison got the boot and we can talk about that, they went in and re-recorded all of his bass lines for that record. So not only, not only did they take his work off the record, he, he got, got kicked from the band again. Uh, right. So I just wondered if they played any of the new, new. I'm looking on Spotify here for the new, new, and uh, I don't see a new one. Yeah. Uh, well, there's there's a, the latest release they're listing here is Unplugged in Boston, which sounds terrifying. <laughs> Was that a tour or just like a one-off? It's Well, it's live 2001. Okay. I don't know what that, what, like, you know how he's always trying to make jokes. Like, I don't know what unplugged. It's not funny. It's, there's nothing I, about, I, like, I, I'm I literally like. We were talking about Peace Cells. One of your opening salvo was Dave's not clever. He's not. 
He thinks he is, though. <laughs> he he's he thinks he's funny the way like the way Ace Frehley thinks he's funny. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't Ace think anything had been released since Dystopia. This is not really funny. Yeah, I really don't think there's another uh, <laughs> of the original Gene? material. I blame Gene. <laughs> <laughs> but his set list was decent. Um, I, I, most of the hits you would expect. She Wolf, he plays that a lot. Tornado of Souls was on she there. She Wolf, yeah. Is that a Meta- is that a Megadeth song? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's from Cryptic Jeez. Writings, I believe. I, you know what? You said She-Wolf, and I was like, did they do a Misfits cover? <laughs> <laughs> David, have you nope. heard the music, David? <laughs> Are you familiar you with You know what? Megadeth? I wouldn't have listened to that one unless like it was on and it just kept going. That doesn't sound like a good record to me, but that's it's, a good song to me. Well, I was just saying, there's some there's some good... Our, we're dropping in tracks, right? That's going to happen. John always helps us out. <laughs> it just sounds totally I'm, on that. He'll just edit this part out and then drop it. Right. He, he never yeah, does. I'll put She Wolf in. That'll be great. <laughs> if you listen to it, it's a good song. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I believe you. Hold on, I'm gonna find it. All right, I'm gonna listen to it. But, but, the, uh, set, but the set list was again what I would expect. He closed on Holy Wars after giving us his understanding of the COVID situation and calling it tyranny. If you didn't read oh, the article, right? Yeah, yeah, you didn't yeah. Read the article. Yeah, you should yeah. have been there. If the David. music didn't suck, now we got him being, you know, anti-health concerns for crowds coming to see him. Like, They're giving out my know, pillows, like, my I, pillows I, yeah, on the way out. My biggest problem. I don't like Dave Mustaine. I think he's a fucking idiot. Like, if for for the longest time. And I and that that I, I separate that from the fact that he is a good guitarist. I hate his vocals, hate. But I just think he's a blowhard. And it, and it's like for the for the first ten years of Megadeth, even as Megadeth is having success, every interview he gave was him whining about being kicked out of Metallica, him not being in Metallica. Like they they still use his songs, and it's like, dude, you're all you're you're multi platinum at this point you're able to tour the world let it go and it's like it does not surprise me why why they were like you know what Kirk doesn't say a word and uh maybe maybe that's the direction we should go because i just find him exhausting and then he becomes born again and then that's all you fucking hear about for the next 10 years and uh, you know, he and Dave Ellison fight. He kicks him out, and then Ellison comes back, and then Ellison leaves, and then he comes back, and now he's out again. Like he just seems sort of insufferable to me, and I, <laughs> and I think that I think that I think that paints my overall vision of Megadeth. I never ever put on a Megadeth record, like, and it's not that I actively dislike Megadeth. They just never enter my consciousness. I I just. <laughs> I, I just wow. don't really care I just about really, I, 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 I'm going to text John. John, John gets a open gold up. star right there for that race, hey, by the way. Megadeth no, needs I, to stay I, off I, his lawn. I just lawn. think it's one of those things where who's it's the, like, who's, like who's the, who's the, the big stock? Door and it's like, well, I can skip one of them. Luckily, who's the stock first. advisor guy? Who's the stock advisor? Jim Cramer? Is that the guy? Yeah. This is like your Jim Cramer moment. You got to throw, throw some papers up in the air. Yeah, I The best part was they don't even enter my conscience. They don't. I, I just don't. <laughs> I, you know, even if I'm going to listen to some sort of thrash band, I would almost listen to any other band. But, so to, I just to that point, though, I mean, I, I'm going to admit, like, there are hangups that I have that prevent me from listening to bands that people like, right? And one of them, I, I talk about all the time. Like you get stupid names of songs or stupid names of records. Like it's just a turnoff for me. And then later on, somebody be like, "Oh, that's really a good record." And I go back and I'd be like, "Yeah, you know," or like the stupid artwork or whatever. I ha- I admit I have a hard time listening to records if I know the people in the bands are not cool. You know, and in, and similarly, when people are cool, I will listen to music that I may not have liked. And support it, knowing the people were cool. And, you know, we've done that kind of through the podcast, even, you know, it's like having, you know, sight unseen, we meet somebody because of the podcast. And I am so much more willing to like, listen with an open mind and a, and a forgiving ear when I know the people in the band are cool. Sure. That makes sense. And I, I, John, I'm with you a little bit on this. Like there's a part of me 
whenever I listen to Megadeth and I'm like, it's freaking Dave, man, you know, <laughs> and it's tough. And it's, you know, you see him, you know, churn through some musicians. He had, who was the hotshot guitar player he had for a while? Didn't he have like, um, yeah, Jason, um, did he have Becker or Marty Friedman or something? Marty, Didn't he that's who it was. Marty yeah, Friedman yeah, 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 was yeah. with him for, yeah, I was going to say it wasn't Jason Becker was, was David Lee Roth. Marty Friedman yeah. was in the band and, you know, I, I'm thinking when that happened, I was like, I don't know how he's doing it. I don't know how he is keeping his mouth shut and not getting in a fight with this guy every day because he's he's a hundred times the guitar player Dave Mustaine is. You can you can imagine being Marty Friedman, have him go, no, 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 let me take this song. <laughs> <You're> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that, but yeah, that, all right, we're gonna do eight in this song. There's plenty to go around. <laughs> like. Okay, well then let me ask you this question, David. This is this is an interesting. It wasn't what I had planned, but we'll divert for a moment. We'll, we'll banter. So what's the <laughs> what's the allure of Dave Mustaine then? Because to your point and to John's point, let's just assume for a minute he's a complete asshole mm-hmm. and doesn't and alienates people and can't be dealt with. And he at the time when Metallica had him, he was a drunk and blah blah blah. Why? Uh, wait, why are you it? reading his Wikipedia page? <laughs> What what is the allure that people continue to want to play with him and see him? What does he have? I I think that as a as a fan or a potential fan, I think he has the same allure as like the Dallas Cowboys, right? Like that he's good. He's a good guitar player. He's he's a, he's got something. I just don't think he's got something. I I don't even know. I don't think I think he can get people in the door. I don't still think he can keep them. You know, I think once people know, they go, you know what? That was a good. You know, you'll have these people be like, that was a good experience, but it, you know, it just was not going to work. But I don't know. I don't know that I have a great answer to that. But I mean, it's. I think that's the fan base too. Is like you kind of you, you get to the point where you kind of respect him because he was in Metallica or you respect him because you turn the tunes on and he is a good guitar player um, but then that wears off I don't think I don't think the you know the charms uh, at the end of the day are worth it for a lot of people John what do you think uh, you know I think I think the people that follow Metallica and the people that follow Mustaine are the same people that might, might lean into instrumentalists a little bit more. I've always had a problem with albums like like Sevi solo records or someone like Tony McAlpine or something like that. I just find it boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we talked about it a little bit before. I think Dave probably would have been better in a band like Metallica, where he's the guitar. I, I do not like his vocals. To me, that's problem number one is I just don't find them. and But there's people who do. And that's the same way with people who listen to Rush or listen to Coheed and say, I can't get past the singing. And it's like, that's fine, I get it. So it's like, it's one of those things that like, you either like it or you don't. To me, that's strike one for Mustaine, is the voice. I just can't get past the fact that I don't think he's a very good singer. He became the singer almost by default just because he was booted from Metallica and needed to get something going. And, you know, good guitarist. I, I just think that he may have been served better by being a good guitarist behind someone with a better voice. Mm. And then his personality doesn't help, as far as I'm concerned. I think it just it just sort of reinforces the fact that, like, I already, I already don't like how this sounds. And uh, this guy's kind of a dick. So it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I think it's I think it's tough when you can't get out from that shadow that where you know your entire career is some is spent as some reaction to a, another band. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that he ever got out from under being the old the dude from Metallica, and that's hard. I that's disagree. Hard. I think he totally did. Yeah, tell I, me. I, I agree with Colin on that. I think he did. Yeah, I, I, he didn't help his cause by bitching about it for a decade. You know what no, I mean? I, if he would, no. if I missed he would have all just that. carried on and put out his Megadeth records that were selling and touring, but he always had to bring it back to Metallica for, Wait, for too you know long. That, the dude on Seinfeld, 
Remember, remember there was the guy on Seinfeld who was like the comedian who was always like pitching ideas at the at, at Jerry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, hey, <laughs> that guy, like that guy's whole career was defined by the fact that he wasn't Seinfeld. Like that, that was kind of the joke. And I kind of feel that way about Mustang. I don't. I missed the whole like constantly complaining about Metallica piece because um, I wasn't super tied into to the media at at the time. Um. I just feel like his whole career is defined. Is it just seems to me defined that way, and I don't. I don't know if it is. It just kind of hits me that way, you know. That he he'll make a record. You know, it starts with the first record that he he does four horsemen. You know, oh, on his record, he wrote that song. Yeah, well, it sucks on his version. <laughs> oh, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, you know, he owned it, so he was like, I'm out to do this. Sure. Yes, well. I think John has a but really that, good but that reinforces my point. Of I, I good, agree. Good, good agree. tune, and it is better in Metallica. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely, John. I remember when I first heard Peace Cells, and I remember Rust in Peace, and I remember, you know, uh, some of some of those big, big releases, big popular albums. You're right; it seemed anyway that Dave Mustaine equaled still bitching about Metallica, and that and that overshadowed what he had created. I think now. Looking back at the catalog again, even though the even though some of the albums aren't immensely popular, it's a good catalog. It's a strong catalog. I like Vic Rattlehead as an icon. I think he's very Eddie-like, and I, and I you know I envision him and I can see him. We see him on stage every time they play, just like you yeah. see you know, Eddie on stage. Um, so I think he's great. I love the science fiction that he pulls sometimes and his anger sometimes. I like Vic, how Vic Rattlehead is sort of the Frank Stallone to uh, to yeah. Eddie. <laughs> uh, like, let's not go crazy. Like. I just meant that he's. I just meant you see him all the time. The branding's there. The sure. face is there. Yeah, I, he, is, he is a little Frank Stallone. He's yeah. a Frank Stallone. <laughs> but my my point was that I, I want that I want Metallica's next Garage Days record to just be uh, Megadeth covers. Yeah. Oh my God, that'd be amazing, and they'd be really good. They'd be so good. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. If the guys in Metallica ever listen to our podcast, there's your million dollar idea. Yeah. Billion dollar. You're like, you're like, so good dear james yeah it would sell more than any megadeth i wish i had this idea when i saw you in the parking lot (laughs) at target in san bruno but i didn't want to interrupt you with your wife (laughs) the k-pod live hit (laughs) yeah so to get back All on right. track, I'm listening to, to Tornado of Soul. I'm All sorry, right. take, no, take No Prisoners right now, which is also in the set list. Hold on, hold on, um, I'm putting this on. Take No Prisoners. What record is that on? Rust in Peace. Rust in Peace. So clever. Get it? Like, rest in peace. Right. But since it's an right. alien, rust in peace. Right. What's it called? Remember when you called that not take clever? No, take No Prisoners. Take No Prisoners. He's got such great hooks in some of his songs. Skin of My Teeth, he played that. I'm sorry, not Skin of My Teeth. He played uh, uh, Sweating Bullets live, but he has played Skin of My Teeth before. There's such great hooks in some of this stuff. He's so good at, at some of the catchy. I like catchy the little jazz. Metal. I like the little jazz drummy part that comes in. Mm-hmm. It's like. I, I have made <laughs> compilations of Megadeth and, and popped them in back when. You were making uh, mixed CDs. And I'll tell you what, you can pick some you know, 16, 17 great Megadeth tracks. Yeah. And he, I, I, he, he has Motley Crue items to where it's like if you cherry pick the good ones off each album, you can make oh, a absolutely. really good album. Yeah. I think I, I, I think you take any one, any one Megadeth tune, turn it into four different tunes, and you're halfway to a record. Because, like, why do you need to? Why do you need all these changes? Yeah, well, that's that's part of him not being in a band. You know, there's no editor. It's like when yeah. a, it's like when a filmmaker or a director gets too big, and there's no one there to tap them on the shoulder to go. It's getting a little long. You know right. what I mean? It's like th- this could be a, a great. And I think you know Tarantino falls into that that trap every once in a while, to where like you see his early movies. He had an editor named Sally Mankey, and she was she was sort of the angel on his shoulder saying, what if we did this and cut it up? And and, and it helps those movies. And since her passing, the wheels are off, man. Like, now now it's just like, <laughs> I, like I'll play forever, and that's Dave Mustaine. There's no one there to say, this song would 
fucking punch someone in the face if it had one solo. But instead, it's 11 minutes long. And we talked about it when we were talking about it before of sometimes it just sounds like sketches. Like like a bunch of like like he took his demos and like this was a sweet riff, like let's make that solo number four in the song and it's like that that does not help the song structures. Like, I'll tell you what, this song is good, man. This is like this is the kind of tune that like really grabs like the thrash crowd. You know, like this could mm-hmm. still this is you know you those throwback thrash bands that, that are out nowadays. You know, like the Lost Societies and folks like that doing this kind of like this song is great he could do like 20 of these songs you know what i mean it's like it's very well, straight over 20 different albums <laughs> to john's point is one on yeah, each album but know? i mean but yeah. i mean this kind but this kind of like straightforward rocker you know what i mean yeah. is good it's got like the it some some mustaine type stuff little bass riff breakouts and stuff but this you no know, it reminds me of uh, reminds me of nuclear assault you know, just like very intense, right out of the gate. It's only three minutes long. You know, that's perfect. You know, go, follow, go the Slayer route. Just like ignore everybody. <laughs> Write three minute songs and go home. And he's got you know. a lot of those along the way. Um, I'm not sure what you're listening to, but go take to... no prisoners. No, <laughs> I meant that's what, what I'm ser- I meant what service you're using. Oh, I'm on Apple Music. <laughs> okay, Mr. Bosler. <laughs> Find somewhere in there from the uh, Last Action Hero soundtrack. By the way, A plus soundtrack, A plus movie. Last Action Hero, the the the, the Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it's so much. A, fun. A plus check- soundtrack, B plus movie. All right, see, <laughs> uh, check out check out Angry again. What a great tune from a from a wonderful again soundtrack. But that is a yeah, ripper that's a good of a soundtrack. Tune. Really? Oh, it's oh, it's it is so yeah. good. It's I see fish. I see fish bones on. All with with except fish bones. <laughs> Oh, and Cypress Hill. Um, yeah, check, check out the uh, Angry Again. What a great tune. Angry Very good. Again. Angry Again. <laughs> you'll, you'll get it. Keep going. <laughs> oh, this is on. Uh, oh, it's on their greatest hits. Yeah, it's, not, it's not on the studio because it came off yeah. of the. Uh, what you I got you. Well, it's on Greatest Hits. Back to the start. What Back do you think the there, start. David? I think he named his Greatest Hits record Back to the Start. He yes. did. <laughs> but what about the song? I know. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like somebody doing a bad cover of an Alice Cooper song. Like okay. that, that voice he takes on... Like I don't know, I don't understand it. I don't understand what he's doing. He's diabolical. <laughs> but I mean, is he like? Is this supposed to be the voice of the Rattlehead, like the 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 narrator of who? May, I don't I don't understand it. Is what I'm getting at. It's like it's obviously a put on voice, right? Like he doesn't talk like this. It sounds like you know. There's a there's a, a radio show in Philly, uh, the morning show, Preston and Steve. This is what yeah. the guy sounds like when he does his Charlie Sheen impression. Yeah, I don't care for those guys. Yeah, he does the Charlie Sheen impression. He's like, I guess Tiger Blood. That's what it sounds like. I just think it's a great. You crank this up, such a good tune. Trying to bring you some, trying to bring you some stuff that you would really like. Hey, you know what I I. This is the this is my hang my biggest hang up as far as the music is. I think he's a good thrash guitar player, and I think he's a good thrash singer. The the put on deep things, you know, like the whole peace cells thing, and like trying to be tough. Like I just don't buy it. And then another song will come on where he's just like wailing on the guitar and screaming. I'm like, do it, man. I'm I like that. <laughs> Check out Gears of War off of United Abominations. I'm all over it. I'm all over it, baby. I mean, Colin. That's that's all right, honey. No worries. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's. I can't argue entirely. You know what I mean with with their success. I mean, they're the fact that they're even included in the Big Four, right? I mean, they're not. That speaks. Four. 
Who's it? They're not available. I thought Megadeth was. Oh, you're right. My apologies. Yeah. My apologies. Sorry. But, uh, I mean, you could totally ditch him and put in Testament. That'd be better. <laughs> but, you know, obviously they're successful. Obviously they have a fan base still making records, playing big arenas, right? We, you just saw them at BBT. Big arena, you know? The success is there, and I honestly like. Anytime I listen to them, I'm like, "Why? What is it?" And and even any of the things that I've talked about, I I want, and I, I share this with you offline. I every time I put them on, I want to like them, <laughs> and something just doesn't do it for me. When I put their first record on, I really like it. I think the raw nature of their first record is really is what draws me in. Um, I want it to be more straightforward. Just play. Just play your music. <laughs> you know? So what do you think of the track? It's good. Okay. It's got it's it, it's it's got that that overproduced sound. You know what I mean? Like that lots of layers of vocals and stuff. I think it's I think it's pretty cool. Okay. I think Did I need you? it like really loud in my car. Oh my god, yeah. Hey, I'll totally gotta, do that. You gotta crank this stuff. But each each album has, as I scroll through, there's some nice little gems on each one. But yeah. again, you don't get them all the way through. A good one is Risk, for example. Risk starts off pretty solid. Insomnia, Prince of Darkness, yeah. Stay out of Kirkutsk. <laughs> Breadline. But then after that, Six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. You're like, oh boy, and then it goes away. <laughs> and it's funny when you look at Spotify on the playlist on the number, huh. you'll see them real heavy, and then yeah. the numbers, the numbers drop. John, what yeah. are some John? What are some of your Megadeth tunes that I know you? They're out of, they're not your consciousness, but when you do <laughs> hear them, what are ones that you actually are not that upset with, or will you yeah, will no, listen to? I, I, I like Symphony of Destruction. Okay. Uh, I like. I like Hangar 18 to a point. I think it gets a little monotonous. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. In My Darkest Hour is pretty good. Hmm. Give yeah. a few. Give a few of the crossover. Yeah, that's, a, that's about it. I mean, it's like I, I, I will always like that bass run on Peace Cells. And, and we've talked about that. I, I You know, it's, it's a very iconic song. It was used for Headbangers Ball and and uh, we, we've heard it forever, but I, you know, I've, I've actually, it's been a weird thing where I've just tripped and fell into seeing Megadeth a few times. You know, it's like <laughs> I, I went to see the big four show, but I wasn't there to see Megadeth, but I watched them and I, it was fine. I went to see Heaven and Hell because I wanted to see Dio with Sabbath and mm-hmm. Megadeth opened and- Really? Yeah. And, uh, it was fine. I, I I just wasn't that into it. Like I I'm, I'm trying to think of who else I saw them in it. Maybe the Scorpions. They opened for the and, Scorpions, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, every time I've seen them, they're opening for someone. I've never I've never gone just strictly to a Megadeth show for pre-mentioned reasons. Uh, but it, every time I've seen them, it's fine, and they get a good response from the crowd. It's just not for me. I, it's you know what I mean. It's one of those bands that if I'm driving around listening to Ozzy's Boneyard on on the radio and Megadeth comes up, I usually change it. I'm just not. It's just not for me. What do they like live? I was uh, like I, they are on record. Yeah. Like, I, yeah you know what I mean. Similar. Dave's not yeah. a super talky guy. Like yeah. it's not a bunch of stage rap. He's not Paul Stanley. Um, but very very proficient you know what i mean yeah. two of the times i saw him Allison was with him and he's great um i yeah i don't know i it's not a ton of personality it's almost like uh not to an extent but it's a little ingve ish it's very it's very the spotlights on one guy yeah and and you know what i mean a lot of a lot of solos that go on a little too long just like the record um 
whenever I've seen them, they were played well. Colin said he, he might be slowing down a little bit, which is mm-hmm. understandable. Um, but yeah, not not a ton of personality. Not a, not a ton. I mean, even Colin said on the new tour, there's no stage show. No, it's no like there wasn't a lot. Very, very plain. It's just like, ah, that, to me, that's boring. Unless you're like some super magnetic personality as an artist, which he's not. Like, I don't know. I just think that like, if you're going to see what's known as the metal show of the year, put a little effort into it. Like, yeah, it's t- I, it's, I, when I saw that hashtag floating around, I was like, metal show of the year, huh? Okay. Like, huh. That's yeah. uh, putting the, throwing down the gauntlet. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Boy. since the week before we saw Sabaton and Judas Priest, which is, yeah. which is a great night. And what but that was not the metal show of the year. That was not. Because it didn't say so. But right. I mean, I, I'm looking at, I mean, I'm even looking at this set list. I'm like, your opening song is, is from a record that came out the year I graduated high school. Like, that's tough, man. I think if you're going to, yeah, I mean, you don't have like a newer song. Oh, they do. Or like, they want to get the crowd hooked. You got to do right. something the crowd remembers. It should start with peace cells. Uh, stick that's, that, one stick, the, that's one of the closers. Stick that new bass player up there in the front. <laughs> put a put like a Twitch stream on a big screen behind them so they can watch somebody play Call of Duty. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, Dave. <laughs> no, I mean. How, how does this band even come about? You know, like we talk about these bands that like lose a guy and they go off and do something else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy must have maxed his credit cards getting this band off the ground. Well, not according to you from the first one. The first one was pretty raw, pretty basic, right? <laughs> but, I mean, he didn't have a great credit card. <laughs> But I'm just thinking, like, how did that come about? So he gets fired. Now, this is this is history I don't know. Do they give a reason he got booted from Metallica? Being drunk too much. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ironic huh. that you had two other members go to rehab in their career as well. But, right. Uh, you know, I, I and I do wonder if that was a bit of a scapegoat like just just an excuse i mean that was a band at the time that proudly called themselves alcoholica uh, in (laughs) in their circle you know what i mean they were known for partying they were known they were young too you know what i mean so so those are all young guys on a thrash scene they're partying and playing metal and doing their thing and it's like how bad do you have to be to be the guy that's like you've got a problem that's like Guns N' Roses kicking out Steven Adler. Oh, dude, you've got a drug problem. Flash <laughs> doesn't? Duff doesn't? I mean, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like one of those things that, like, yeah, he probably did have a drinking problem. He admits himself that he had a drinking problem, but he wasn't alone. And uh, yeah, my guess is after, after seeing how those bands have progressed throughout their careers and after seeing things like Some Kind of Monster and whatever, James and Lars are not easy guys to get along with. It, oh, it, they are a dysfunctional band to start with. And so hmm. just add one more dysfunctional guy to that. And it's like how they even fucking recorded one record is a miracle. Yeah. So, you know, I somebody took a step back and, and probably made, it might have been Cliff and just said, something's got to change. Uh, otherwise, I can go play with any other band in town because this is bullshit. You know what I mean, and and I guess you know the short straw was Dave Mustaine. Yeah, I mean it might have he might have just been like the the you know the capacity. You know, like we we can have two, but we can't have three. Right. You know, and that's that's fair. I mean, and yeah, I think he was. You know, he was the scapegoat, I guess. But it's funny. There was an article years ago about uh, when Shane McGowan left the Pogues, and they were like. The only person who drank so much he got kicked out of the pokes. You're right. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like how, how much do you have to drink to get kicked out of the pokes? Yeah. Well, that, that's Shane like McGowan the rest of Motley Crue turning their back on Vince Neil, like, dude, you've got a problem. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's me. Yeah, For it's the me. record, <laughs> I've never died. <laughs> yeah, twice. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I uh, in Dave's defense, I think that might be a, a little bit of a wives' tale. But I, who would who could say? Uh, you know. But to to tie it back to our last episode, the what if episode. Check yeah. that out, folks. What if Dave Mustaine doesn't leave Meg, uh, doesn't leave uh, Metallica? Do they just implode and they just uh, you know Maybe. burn out and that's it and they're all dead in their mid twenties? I, I I mean to go back to that Guns N' Roses analogy, they, it did not stay. What what made them popular could not hold together. Like they they put out you know two bloated projects after a stellar debut record. And then it just became too much. They got too big, the excesses were too much, and it, it just imploded them. And that may have been what happened to Metallica. It's hard to say, um, because you look at what they did with Dave Mustaine, and it's so good. Um, but, I, you know, it's a tale as old as time, band members not being able to get along. And also, after Kill 'Em All, although it's revered and, and critically and by fans didn't sell that many copies you know what i mean they weren't like they weren't like raking in tons of cash and they're like look we may not be getting along but let's just keep it together because we got another album to put out and we could be really big they didn't really hit till years after that after he was gone and uh, you know so in a way it was probably better for all of them that he did leave it's interesting you brought up uh, the scapegoat concept because as I'm listening to you John I'm thinking how many times in a band because you part you said the same old uh, song or or the you know that it happens a lot people get kicked out of yeah. the band but not many of them have the success that Dave has had right That's correct. Quite, I'm sure I'm sure we could say oh there's plenty of times that you've kicked out members of the band they don't get top four billing of the all of the metal bands and I apologize for, for forgetting them in the top four a little while ago um, but you know they don't get that kind of billing and they don't have the kind of history that Dave has after leaving Metallica so that is kind of impressive that he put that he put together that kind of legacy I completely agree that's what rubbed me wrong about him bitching about Metallica for so long he went right away and started another successful project and granted, at the time, metal's starting to hit, whereas, like, you've got A&R guys at labels just throwing rocks in Los Angeles. Like, can you play guitar? Yeah. Record deal. Can you sing? Uh, kind of. <laughs> like, you right. know what I mean? And so it's like, you've got a guy, and, and any smart A&R guy would listen to, and, and, you know, you've got those guys at the time, the Megaforce guys, and the, the, you know, the Johnny Z's and things like that, that hear Kill Em All, and anyone who's interested in either signing metal or starting a metal label would hear Kill Em All and go, you know what? That guy's got a new band. Sign him. You know what I mean? Of course he was going to get a label, uh, a label deal right away because metal, metal was something that labels saw at that time as we can make money with this. Like, is he difficult? Probably. But listen to how good this album is. And it's like, these guys are putting out another album, but he wrote half these songs. So I bet, let's at least give him a shot. And Peace Sells was on, what was the label? It's, on, it's, on a, it's a major label. Well, it's not yeah. the first. I, what was the first record on? The first record, the Killing Is My Business and Business Is Good. Yeah. What what label is that? I don't that? remember that one. But I thought uh, Peace Sells was That's, on Capital or something. Yeah, Killing Is My Business is on Combat, which was a big label okay. back then. Okay. Or, you know, were a well-known label. Or did they just stay? Uh, they just stay in indie. Uh, I don't know if they were eventually absorbed, but they, you know, they were indie when they when they put that record out. Right. So you know, he 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 goes right away and sinks himself into a new project, and uh, and and you know, killing is my business. It has a lot of a lot of fans. A lot of people look back on that record as a very good. Yeah, record. I like that record. They, they, so yeah, Combat Records was um, Nuclear Salt, Possessed, Agnostic Front was on all the early Agnostic Front records. Exodus was on that on that label. So there you go. A, you, a, know. you know, there he's he's definitely within that. Uh, he's he's making music with his peers. Oh, so it looks and, like they're an imp, they're an imprint of Sony. And I don't know okay. if that's back then or, or just kind of in general. But uh, Yeah. You know, so, you know, he, he comes out of the gate right away and puts out a pretty good record enough, yeah. enough to win 
the major labels, in his case being Capitol Records, who also had Iron Maiden, and Iron Maiden was starting to sell a lot of units, was probably looking for other metal bands to sign, and they gave Dave a deal. You know, Metallica had their deal in place. They were good to go. Uh, I think any band that had a modicum of talent at that time was going to be offered a deal, and Megadeth had talent. Yeah. I mean, they're good enough that they're, I mean, there's, I know people whose favorite band is Metallica, is Megadeth. You know, it's, they've got a solid fan base, you know, and, and, and I've said it, I say it all the time. I want to like them more than I do. And maybe what I need is I need, you know, I need, I need the, the Apple Essentials Megadeth playlist or something, because as Colin mentioned, you know, they, they put out the hits. They're just not all on one or two records. And, uh, you know, the songs you've mentioned from uh, So Far, So Good, for So What, and from uh, Rust in Peace, there's some good tunes on there. Um, and I, I honestly, I never gave I never gave it much, much of a shot. You know, I, I really liked their version of Anarchy in the UK. And I know people slam it because, you know, they had a hit and then they throw out a, a cover song. But I thought it was great. And the Ralph Bashke style uh, video that came went along with it, I thought was really cool. I just want them to be better, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you've accomplished, please just be a little bit Could better. Could just be a little bit better? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's sort of sad because Dave and I are both like in the, in the yeah, we, we can see that he's fine, but a hard pass. Uh, and, and Colin loves Megadeth. But I mean, it's, you take a step back from it, Megadeth has sold 30 million records. They are a band with a lot of fans. And there's a reason that they're part of the big four. If they if they weren't within that rare Friday air, they could have gone on tour as the big three, and just as many people would have went to that show. Yeah. You know what I mean? They they were they were part of that. And you know, I think that bridge has somewhat been patched up when Metallica did their anniversary shows at the Warfield. Dave came back and he played with them, and they played some songs off Kill 'Em All. Like, you know, I, I think it took a long time and probably all of them to go through several rounds of rehab or finding God, (laughs) whatever it may be, for them to actually look at one another and go, you know what, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're kind of the same. Like, I mean, they, they, you know what they needed? They probably, they probably had like a a secret closed door meeting with Vince McMahon, who was like, you stand to make a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Just knock it off and get on the stage together. Yeah, yeah, maybe. What do you think the breakdown is, fan-wise or money-wise, for that Big Four concert? I think Metallica probably socked 60 to 70% away and gave each other band 10%. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Seriously. Because you look at the places they played, right? You look at, like, football... They, they didn't first of all they haven't done a ton of big four shows they've only done three or four yeah you know it, it wasn't a tour they were events right and so, so so here's but here's my real this is not not necessarily uh, who divvies up the money but like if i'm going to the big four you know if, if this were a club gig and you yeah. tell them at the door who you're there to see i'd yeah. tell them i'm there to see slayer right as would you know what i mean a good majority of the people you think the good majority of the people are there to see Slayer? I, I wouldn't say majority. I'd say they'd be second. The I, majority are going to be there to see Metallica. Okay, but... Just because, take take a step back. When Metallica tours these days, their last tour for Hardwired, they play football stadium. Oh, I'm not disagreeing Slayer with their I'm just, no, but people don't <laughs> yell Metallica in the crowd at other shows. They yell Slayer. They don't yeah, yell Metallica to Metallica a bunch of shows. Fucking idiots! Like, uh, you know what I mean? It's like it's, I, I, I was okay. yelling that we'll go with, at, we'll go with, at we'll go with last Saturday. Two. Last Saturday, I was yelling Slayer in the audience at uh, at the Willie Nelson show. Yeah, yeah. You were hammered, Slayer, so. Slayer's always going to have their base, but they're not Metallica. They okay. wish. So, like they, so I, would you know it be I mean? Metallica sells, sells so you more th- on one record? than Slayer has their entire so, career. So if Metallica is bringing, if Metallica is number one. Say Metallica brings in 60% who's, of the gate. Who's number two? Right? Slayer. Easy. Slayer. And then you think Anthrax and Megadeth? You think Megadeth's bringing in the least or Anthrax? 
I would say Anthrax. <laughs> for Johnny's for, an Anthrax for me, fan. Anthrax would bring them. <laughs> I just prefer Anthrax. Like, um, if you put their discographies head to head, I would take Anthrax easily. Oh yeah. I'd, uh, but uh, but then again, I like Anthrax better than Slayer too. So I bet, and I say this because I'm I'm always wrong. <laughs> I bet Megadeth bring, it brings in more fans than Anthrax. I think Anthrax fans are more rad. I like Anthrax way better. But I bet you that Megadeth brings people to shows more than Anthrax brings people to shows. That would be my guess. Yeah, well, I mean, Megadeth does these tours now with, with bands like Lamb of God. Lamb of God is an equally, if not bigger, band. And they headline a lot of these shows. Mm-hmm. Anthrax doesn't headline a ton of shows. They still do. And they, they do shows on their own where they're the headliner. But like... Yeah. When the last time I went to see Anthrax and Lamb of God, Lamb of God was the headliner. And I don't know if that's by design or if they flip-flop every other night. But, yeah. uh, you know, Lamb of God had a lot of people there to see them. I just, uh, you know, it was fine for me. I'm old. I saw Anthrax and went home. Um, it was great. <laughs> I hope they're the opening act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got to go home um, and poop. <laughs> I, I don't know. What do you think, Colin? <laughs> like, I, I would guess that Megadeth has probably outsold Anthrax. Oh, yes, I would think so. Yeah, I don't think Anthrax has sold 30 million records. But see, you brought, up some, you brought up something interesting, though, as I was listening to you. I remember seeing when Megadeth did their own tour, they did a, a festival like Ozzy did. They did something called Gigantor. Yeah. And uh, I remember seeing them in Camden. And they do manage to, at the time, when they put these festivals of the year or tours of the year, they do bring a lot of people, a lot of bands with them to get the, the people excited. I yeah. think he's he's no fool. He understands that there are people coming not to just see him, but they want to see some of these other bands. And I'm trying to find the lineup that I saw. Um, unfortunately, I haven't been able to find the lineup yet. But uh According to Never Wrong, Always Reliable Wikipedia, Anthrax has sold 10 million records and Megadeth 30 million records. So only one so, third. One third. Yeah. Right, so there's a there's a 2019 I, article. I would almost guess that like Slayer, I, didn't we say on the on that episode Slayer's only sold like six million records? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what so, I mean? there's, so there's a there's a 2019 article. Gonna... There's a 2019 article ranking like the top five from a couple of different areas of metal. Okay. So I'll start with alternative metal for Colin. The top five is Deftones, Skindred, System of a Down, Slipknot, and number one, Corn. Okay. Corn with a K. If you're looking that up, if you're at home looking that up to find out who that is. Um, (laughs) Corn. Okay. (laughs) Top five in heavy metal. Now get this. Megadeth, Man of War, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Metallica. Look at Man of War getting in there. Good Man for them. of War. Good for them. Dude, they must have had their moms calling in. <laughs> Wait, Top who five? ranked this? Well, it's... Uh, That's like know, us some... just ranking bands. Someone no, 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 but Man they're... Of War so, here's, so here's... This is the, the metric that they're using. Malice is right? there. So this is the metric they're using. Average monthly YouTube views... YouTube followers, SoundCloud followers, Spotify listeners, Spotify followers, Twitter followers, Instagram followers. So not completely arbitrary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top in thrash. Except Manowar has like dwarves. Except Manowar apparently, apparently, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You get one of those little bird things like yeah. Homer Simpson. <laughs> um, so for thrash, they've got Exodus, Testament, Sepultura, Anthrax, and Slayer, which I think is respectable. Uh, that that little breakdown and then top five in death metal cannibal corpse obituary black dahlia murder arch enemy and amon amarth arch enemy does which not are, belong in that group at all well black yeah, dahlia murder some belong website. In that group i don't know what you're yeah. reading but that is that is bullshit They're right, death right. Metal top top five in power metal there's like three bands on this list i've never heard okay and i like power metal stratovarius sure i've heard of that sonata arctica uh-huh Halloween, right? Dragon Force, which sounds like a kids' oh, cartoon. Dude, Dragon Force is and awesome. Sabaton. I, I, actually, Sabaton. Like there you go. <laughs> Number one, baby. Number one. Symphonic metal. Five bands I've never heard of. That being David, David would hate Dragon Force. Yeah. yeah Do they sing songs about themselves? 
Throw on through the fire and the flames and just like, you know, enjoy a little taste of that. And, you know, that's going to go against my theory of too many solos in one song because Dragon Force really goes for it and they're fast. Yeah. I can't remember um, Henry's last name, but Henry, the guitar player, he's amazing. The dude is, yeah, he's, he's got chops he's for He's really days. good. Yeah. Oh. Um, those guys are good. And I mean, they, they, uh, they switch around um, singers too often it, it's a uh, herman herman lee i'm sorry herman that's his name yeah. who am i, who yeah, am I looking up shred. hold like, on who am I looking up? dragon force. dragon force yeah what's the name of the song through the fire and the flames Ooh. it's on every guitar hero ever released it's really? so hard on guitar hero. <laughs> oh it's crazy like, your, fingers, <laughs> your fingers are all like it's nuts you guys play a lot of video games <laughs> yeah. well i tried to um <laughs> Yeah, but I do I do like that uh, that, that band and album. I wish they had the, the singer that's on that album is DP Thart, and I think he's in Skid Row now. Um, but yeah, I uh, I'm a little bummed he left Dragon Force because that that was uh, that was pretty good. They got to change their name, dude. They literally sound like a kids' TV show. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of are. Their videos are <laughs> like that too. Yeah. There's a lot of there is a lot of guitar playing going on right now. You think it is some solos in Megadeth? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's uh, all those horsey sounds. I like those horsey sounds. Pretty good. So, Colin, you wanted to get, kind of get an overview of the catalog of, of Megadeth. I, I I look at this list and I swear to you, I don't remember half of these records coming out now. Okay. They fly under the radar for a lot of people. They really fly under the radar. And now I like there's some of the records I knew about, like that first record that I never listened to until you know the last couple within the last couple of years. Um and some of the records that I recognize the the uh the covers stuff but I haven't listened to. Right. Um but why don't you kind of help me here with what's going on? Because obviously Peace Cells was the was the breakout record right right that's that's kind of the reason everybody knows who they are sure and then after that was so far so good so what i'll be honest i'm not a big fan of that one it's okay it went platinum but Did I, it? yeah and so hook far and, so good for what that so that's the one with anarchy in the uk on it which i love yeah and hook and mouth is on there and it, it's it's okay i don't think it was i don't know i don't put that that's not my go-to but uh, it's obviously it's platinum. So people enjoyed it, but um, rust in peace, I think is their seminal work. I think that's the one that everybody says, if you're going to go listen to, to that's uh, the one with the alien on the cover, right? That's the one with the alien on the cover. Correct. And he's dressed in his his suit and tie and all that stuff, reaching into Mm -hmm. the the capsule there. Um, And then after that, they hit it with, I mean, I mean, I, that move, so many units it's insane that was <laughs> Wait, which which one countdown to extinction it has the gentleman it looks yeah, like yeah, yeah. prison or something is old skinny old man on the front yes and, and it's got you know some of probably their their biggest hits it, it has all of the ones that that people i my experience anyway really scream you know they, they know the words they know skin of my teeth they know symphony mm-hmm. of destruction they know foreclosure of a dream of a foreclosure of a dream sweating bullets you know that one's yeah you know, and by the way if you high speed dirt is a good track off of that album it's a it's a high ripper of a tune. Dirt. okay yeah I'm, t- I'm, gonna, I'm totally gonna have to like scan through a bunch of these records and make myself a, a good like thrash playlist and, the, and after that, they have, again, some other ones that don't necessarily explode. Euthanasia didn't f- explode as much. Risk didn't have the, the big push. But Cryptic Writings was very popular, had trust mm-hmm. on it. The world needs a hero. System has failed. They just start pumping these things out every few years. And again, each one of them, if you listen to them, there's some, there's some nice tracks on there. Right? They do mega death at the end, and they don't necessarily close um, I did some promotions for United Abominations and Endgame. And mm-hmm. again, the crowd was there in, in full force when those albums came out. But then th- when they were in those shows, though, back to the, I don't remember if it was you or John that made the point. They Dave Mustaine didn't play like when Endgame came out or when uh, United Abominations came out. You know, they had one track, maybe that show, maybe two that they would play. The rest of it was their hits. 
because I think Dave understands the crowd's not there necessarily to hear all the new stuff. They want to scream the songs from Rust in Peace. They want to they want to you know go back to the songs that they can sing while drunk. So I don't think he necessarily <laughs> needs to support. I mean, let's face it, right? The crowd I was with last uh, Wednesday night. By the time you know these guys were on stage, they, people were hammered, but they were singing. They were singing into the top of their lungs when he was playing some of these songs. And then Dystopia came out and uh, they won an Emmy. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, Grammy. Oh, Grammy. <laughs> so that's the one they were the on the award for. Okay. Yes. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's 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 amazing. I mean, like I said, like I I'm not I'm the I'm the worst of you know of of us as far as like paying attention to things like uh, bands that I don't listen to all the time. But this is one of those things where you go back and you look and you realize that a band has 15 records out or something, you know, and you're like, where have I, where have I been here? What's what's been going on? <laughs> Um, and some of it is really good. Some of it is, is, you know, I feel like I owe it to myself to dive deeper into Megadeth. And every time I do, I'm for the most part, pleasantly surprised, you know, it's, um, it's not the same draw and it's not fair to them to, to compare them to other bands. You know what I mean? It's, it's, um, I'm trying to be more open-minded, Colin. I appreciate that. I mean, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> we know that is a, it's a tough thing to do, but I appreciate it. <laughs> and I did find out that Gigantor, by the way. I found the, the lineup that I saw that uh, that day. They had um, a band called Death Division, which I do not recall at the moment. But then they had Newstead, uh, which was uh, obviously Jason Newstead's band, which I thought was pretty cool. And Device, which was one, uh, the gentleman from uh, Disturbed had a, a side project. And they had Hell Yeah and Black Label Society before Megadeth. So it was a, it was a strong night. It was a good well, you're, night. Uh, you know, I think anything that has Black Label Society, you're going to call a strong night. <laughs> well, yeah. You could have like a, a re- the Mand- Mandrell Sisters reunion featuring <laughs> Black Label Society. And you'd be like, this is fantastic. <laughs> You, you, I hope you're ready for November 6th. They're going to completely Mandrell sisters. You, uh, no, Black Label Society. Oh, Black That's Label good, Society. though. That's nice. I like that. That's pretty good. It's very, very <laughs> witty of you. <laughs> Dude, they were, before, they, were, they were awesome. The year before that, they had Motorhead on stage with them. So that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. We're, oh, we're going to Black Label Society, right? Is that the. Yes, we are. That's cool. Yeah, I remember this, that. This, this Saturday, remember this Saturday, we have uh, Jane's Addiction. And we have Jane's the, Addiction. The barbecue. And the Offspring get, and uh, Cheap Trick. Yep. And then you and I are going to go see Primus the week after that. Remember, this is back to back to back. So, and then we've got uh, BLS on the sixth of sixth uh, of November. Sixth of November. And in between, I've got Gojira, which I cannot. Jeez, wait and crackers! How many shows are you going to, man? Uh, I passed, These are all uh, the places where you can meet Colin Bosler. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then uh, in this moment. The night before BLS, I think I packed when we started when when they uh, released us back into the uh, wilder to do stuff. I think I did ten concerts in three months or something. I've got going on maybe maybe eleven. Yeah, in this moment, I love that song that they did for uh, Family Ties. (laughs) I think that's I think it's a different band. Look up in this moment sometime, man. They're a great band. Are they like new metal? Yes. it's a female lead singer she's all angelic in her white robe appearances and everybody behind her is all in like dark faces with long black stringy i'm a sucker for women who sing metal but um she's so i'll check it out yeah she's she's awesome i I love oh they're wearing makeup how about that yeah (laughs) huge stage show though big big yeah that's 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 what's selling tickets these days that's what putting putting butts in seats right (laughs) exactly well, hey, and I I really appreciate the uh, the Megadeth conversation. I, I I it's so easy to get off topic just hanging out and talking about music, but bringing us back and and reviewing some things. I'm gonna I don't want to give you more work to do, but I'm gonna need some some songs uh, to put onto a playlist. So if you want to kick that around, maybe we can post it up on Facebook and all those other things. Uh, I'll put up the Spotify playlist. Sweet, I love that. I love that. Well, you want to get us out of here? Or you want me to get us out of here? I brought us in. Why don't you take us out? All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for sticking with us. This episode about Megadeth needs your voice as well. So, as uh, 
as we are missing one Michael Stamps, who is MIA in New York. If you see him, tell him to call home. Um, John Harden, who had to bounce a little early. Uh, the Metal Lord, Colin Bosler, and me, David Timoney. If you want to say something about Megadeth, if you want to give us some input, some insight, or some songs that we just have to listen to, uh, put it up on the socials, put it up on Instagram, put it up on Twitter or on Facebook. You can tag us, you can uh, get on our pages, and we'll retweet it, repost it, and check it out. So on behalf of everybody who loves old people and metal, Thank you for listening. 